The following episode contains adult content and violence. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, Legacy fans, stick around after the episode for a special sneak peek of our next show. Legacy, a Star Wars audio drama created and produced by Crystal Storm and Hannah Cardiac. Episode 18. Larissa had thrown herself into vengeance. As I boarded my ship, recalled my crew, and made my way to the base of my operations to start looking for Gade and Co. As far as I was concerned, bully for her. I didn't fault Larissa's heart. Not at all. This was one hell of a consequence of trying to be a better person. Whatever she did as a result of her children being murdered was nothing less than the fracking Republic deserved. They had always been a bunch of self-righteous hypocrites and, in my opinion, they were of the worst kind. I had no respect for those senators who tried to talk like they gave a rat's ass when I knew half my criminal underworld controlled their politics with a few twee-like slave girls and a couple of credits. It always both amused and annoyed me how the Republic liked to judge the Empire for the way it conducted its society. Sure, the Sith did a lot of backstabbing and manipulation, but you expected that. That was the Sith way. The Republic liked to hide its shit behind closed doors and fancy meetings, all the while pretending they were saviors of the galaxy. And I was beyond done. When I got on board, I set the Navi computer coordinates and locked myself in my room. Alone. I needed... a moment. I had pictures of the kids in here. They'd never just been Larissa's and Elijah's. They were mine, too. I'd been there. Every moment. Holding Larissa's hand when she gave birth. Helping Vancito to be brave when the trauma of his biological parents' death invaded his sleep. <laughs> Lancoro loved working on my ship so much, I thought... I thought he would grow up to be a mechanic. And God, the number of times Veltana used to hide in the vent shafts and under the floorboards thinking we didn't see her. <laughs> Giggling the entire time. To think, to know they were gone. I raged. I was on my feet. I was crying, yelling, destroying anything I could touch. Fling, throw, slam, anything. My kids were gone. Oh, I was going to make them pay. When I finally stormed out of my quarters, I spent the rest of the trip to my base of operation in silence. My anger seething and Andro didn't bother to calm my silent rage. I really loved that about him. That he got it. As I navigated my ship into the hangar bay of the Void Hound, my biggest hope was that Larissa finished what Malgus started all those years ago. Blew Coruscant right out of the fracking galaxy and took all those fracking Jedi with them. A lot of my anger was the hurt talking, and I knew it. But I sure as fragmented. You know, after our throwdown with the Emperor, I'd even believed for one small second that maybe I'd been wrong about Zarin. Ha! 
I should have put one in her big, ugly head the same way I'd done to Makethea. I cut the engines, told the crew to stay close because we wouldn't be here long, and stepped off my baby into one of my biggest accomplishments. Once upon a time, Port Nowhere had been the hotspot for smugglers and all the other pirates and riffraff of the underworld. When I had taken over as the boss of bosses, I changed that. Briefly, I'd considered blowing it up, but Port Nowhere had held a bit of a sentimental value to me, namely because of all the lessons I had learned there in my own rise to power. It was inside that cantina that Andrew and I had first met too, which was why he and I used it for our frequent hookups. It wasn't where my criminal distribution center was stationed though. I had turned the Void Wolf's former flagship into a better version of Port Nowhere, renamed it the Void Hound, and given Ivory, my very ladylike crime lord, control of it. I had managed to keep the majority of my bosses in check for years. Maybe it was because I'd frozen Rogan the Butcher, the Void Wolf, Senator Dodonna, and a few other wannabe tough guys I had tried to challenge me in Carbonite and hung them in the spacious corridors of my moving spaceport. Less as a warning, more because I was a spiteful bitch, and it made me giggly every time I saw them hanging there. Installing the stealth technology from the Adagon crystals Larace's men had mined on Ilum had turned the Void Hound into one of the most secure locations for my kind of business in the galaxy. It was busier than usual tonight, and I wasn't surprised. War was a gold mine for my kind. Ivory was waiting for me in the corridor, just outside the hangar bay. Our informants on drum and cars have some interesting news. It's true. If we can no longer hit Imperial targets, that'll become problematic. I'm not giving any orders to the contrary yet. The first thing I want to know is, who the holy frack had the balls to hire someone to go after my family? That is the mystery of all this, Captain. No one knows. No one knows? Or no one's talking? Consider this. Everyone of importance knew who your niece and nephews were. Kidnapping them, or even killing them to teach you a lesson, wouldn't be out of the realm of impossible. However, to strike against them would also be to strike against a Sith who once stood next to the Emperor. Criminals are desperate, but not that desperate. What could they possibly have been offered to make it worth their while? What about the attacks? The same. These people were ghosts. Although... Spit it out. There have been reports of missing persons. It's strange. Criminals go missing all the time, but it was causing a bit of a rift that we had to quickly squash amongst the bosses. They were blaming each other for randomly snatching each other's men. Fighters? Demolitions experts? It's been no one of real importance, so the situation wasn't impossible to contain. A few credits, some cargo, etc., and tempers were eased. The only commonality is they all have gone missing while traveling either to or from Planet Voss. How long has it been going on? It had been going on for months. It abruptly stopped four weeks ago. Why didn't you tell me? It seemed below you, Captain. Missing persons hardly qualifies, and everything was handled accordingly. But now, in light of everything else, it's suspicious. How are operations on Voss? I spoke with Scratch this morning. 
they're still safely tucked away in the Gormac lands. But considering how the Vos feel about war, we may wish to consider shutting it down temporarily. It'll be nearly impossible to get anything planet-side now with the blockade. Do we have any reason to believe the Vos have sided with the Republic? <laughs> None. When news of the war broke out, the Vos have removed them with as much prejudice as the Empire. The epitome of neutrality. Thanks, Ivory. Of course, Captain. I will inform your top three that it may be more beneficial financially to supply Emperor Virez's war effort than to take away from it. And we will keep ears on the ground in search for your family. You didn't tell him Zeren killed them. Why? Because something's wrong with all of this. What are you thinking, Rhea? I'm thinking Elijah's last contact was with the Voss. I'm thinking about what Ivory said about the missing people and it all happening around Voss. I'm thinking, somehow, the Voss are tied up in this. What for? I don't know. But neither the Republic nor the Empire has taken credit for the attacks. And I don't know that they'll ask the right questions. Especially now that Larissa is about to stick it to him good. That attack weakened both sides. But why? And how the hell does my family fit into this? Uh, Rift Alliance, maybe? They've wanted to put down both sides for a while now. They couldn't have rebuilt that fast. Not after they hit Tonopit on them. You want to go to Voss, don't you? Larissa asked us to find Gade and Co., right? That's the best place to start. Gonna be a bitch to try and maneuver through the blockade. Not if you've got a stealth ship. I'm flying. Once, they had called me the Merciless. At the time, I'd mixed feelings about the title. Now I intended to prove it. After the Republic stopped the Empire constructing the Gauntlet, which was what had effectively started the war again, the Republic had captured General Rakton, Supreme Commander of the Sith Military. Republic Supreme Chancellor Suresh had called for a trade, Rakton, in exchange for a hundred prisoners of war. The Empire agreed. Despite the events that transpired, that transfer was taking place as I stood in front of the command terminal watching my agents work. General Pierce had come out of the Coltal tank a few hours ago and been sent to deal with the Minister of Defense. Jasa I'd sent to fetch Rakton. I'd called for the immediate withdrawal of our troops from Corellia. My droid and human army set aboard our stealth fleet and awaited further instruction. Darth Jadis served his purpose better than he'd realized. The Empire had only shown interest in Hoth in order to force the Republic to commit valuable troops they may need elsewhere. It worked, of course. And I knew better than most, because of information my family gathered, that the reason the Republic was so adamant about Hoth was the powerful hidden technology in their crashed ships. I also knew how close they were to recovering that technology, and how much they would need it now. Eradicate is online, my lord. Target acquired. Such a small, petty mind Darth Jade is possessed. Why target our own empire just to spread fear when we could spread fear somewhere else? Fire. What a glorious weapon to possess. 
The Eradicators unleashed their power onto the ship graveyard the Republic had taken so much interest in and blew it out of existence. Reactor cores from the ships detonated on themselves, making the destruction a thousand times worse. Miles upon miles of Hoss white icy surface turned black in an instant, Republic and Imperial bases caught in the blast and swallowed whole. A cruel smile tilted my lips as I watched the carnage. How dare you treat me like a mirror! General Rankton's words were cut short as Lord Jasa violently shoved him to the ground in front of me. I did not look away from the screen as I spoke to him. You failed. You were captured by Eric Jorgen, of all people. While I attacked the Emperor, despite the wounds I'd given him, Arik commanded the team that captured the General. Rackton got to his feet. My career is full of victories for this Empire. The Sith army is what it is today because of me. Not even you can claim otherwise. I had yet to look at him directly. You will not die a failure. You will be instrumental in ensuring my success in the war you declared without the approval of the Sith you serve. I serve the Empire. One second, there was distance between us. In the next, there simply wasn't because I was in front of him. I snatched him by the face, pulling him close, ensuring he could see my gaze past the shadows of my cow. You serve me. He attempted to struggle free of my grasp, but lightning erupted from my fingers and all those proud words melted like his flesh into painful screams of suffering. I released him only when he'd become unrecognizable. He collapsed onto the ground, hovering and whimpering in pain. I rested my gaze on Jasa. You know what to do with him. When it's done, meet Malgus's former forces on Ilum and destroy the Republic there. Jasa motioned one of her men who grabbed Rakton and dragged him out. I'd already turned my attention elsewhere. How long would it take the next set of eradicators to be grown, Watcher 2? A little less than a week. Begin immediately. Our next target lies within the core worlds. Yes, my lord. Keep me appraised of any developments. I now travel to Balmora. I will contact you when I am planetside. Turning, I marched out of the room. Vet was standing outside. She did not notice my approach, and I realized it was because she was staring at a picture of Vancito. I did not need a picture to see his face, to remember my beloved son, but I was unprepared for how much pain the sight of it caused me and how quickly it enraged me. Put it away! She actually jumped at my tone and quickly hid the picture. Come on, we go to Balmore to seek our revenge against those who have taken him from us. When we arrive aboard the flagship, ensure the Republic knows we're coming. There is a particular Jedi who must die long before this war is done. My rage had only just begun. You must understand, Chancellor, we suffered many losses. And I sense other forces at play here. Supreme Chancellor Suresh made a frustrated sound. Darth Virus has claimed control of the Sith Empire and has just destroyed Hoth. Millions of lives have been lost. Who knows what planet she'll target next? What more do the Jedi need? 
No more, I heard myself say as I walked into the tent. Master Caden was the lone Jedi standing in front of the hollow terminal. Grandmaster Satil and Master Suma Lee were hollow images along with Chancellor Suresh and General Garza. I will rally the Jedi Masters who understand the necessity of this war and I will lead them as I led them on Corellia. Grandmaster Satil looked at me in surprise. Master Caden with a mixture of relief and suspicion. Where have you been? Meditating on the events that have transpired. I apologize for my absence. I was wrong about Darth Therese. As such, it should be my burden to stop her evil from spreading any further than it's gone. Master Zarin, you left our order. Will you accept my aid, Chancellor? There are many Jedi who will answer my call and follow me and your troops into battle. We will accept, Master Zarin. Your success on Corellia is widely known. You would be a great asset to us now. I will gather my forces and contact you then. Master Zarin! Ignoring the rest of them, I felt myself turn and quickly leave the tent. Had Grandmaster Satil actually been present, I'm certain she would have sent something wrong with me. But she wasn't. Right now, there was little the Jedi could do to stop me, especially after the losses they'd already suffered. Larissa had already done exactly as I feared by destroying Hoth. I could not imagine the pain she must be going through thinking that I'd killed her children. I had to find a way to break free of the boss's control to stop myself before things got worse. Master Zarin! I felt my steps halt as Nadia and Doc jogged in my direction. Oh, dear God, Nadia. How was I ever going to tell her what I had done? Has Elijah? Darth Fierez killed him. No, I screamed. But of course Nadia didn't hear me, and the look of grief that shattered her face was heartbreaking. What? She? But why? He tried to talk her out of taking sides in this war, and she killed him for it. I am so sorry. Come with me. I am gathering the Jedi who need no more deliberations and are ready to act in this war. We will fight her together. Tears were streaming down Nadia's face. Words failed her. She just nodded vehemently. Meet me at my shuttle. I stepped past her to look at Doc. I had been so scared he'd been killed in the explosion. He looked exhausted, a little beat up, but he was alive and staring at me with no small amount of relief and a healthy dose of confusion. I felt him grab me, trying to hug me, but I pulled away. His face twisted. What's going on, Zarin? Where have you been? Why didn't you contact me? I had to reach him. I had to. But what message could I give him? Larissa would be inconsolable with mere words. If Doc tried to contact her, she'd probably just kill him. But maybe Reed. Tython was a powerful conduit for the light side. It was the ancient home of the Jedi, after all. Perhaps if I tried hard enough. Sitting in the prison of my own mind, I meditated. I pulled at not only the light side of the Force, but my deep love for the man in front of me and prayed a single message got through. I made a mistake this morning, Doc. The conversation was a distant background noise. I refused to let the lies I heard myself speak deter me. This war requires a Jedi. I must be one. What the frack is going on? They will need combat medics on the front line. 
You should see General Garza and do what you can to help. We will talk more once this is over. Something, something in Doc's eyes made me think my message had reached him. But I would have no way of knowing immediately because I'd turned and walked away to continue carrying out the boss's nefarious plan. Revenge. Vengeance. These were not the Jedi way. But I can't say the thought of shipping the boss that had done this to me and my family to the blackest hole in Belsavis didn't comfort me a great deal. Chapter 54 A Dark Heart Verowin never approved of the outsiders on Voss, but the true mystics, the three, had allowed it, and so there had been little he could do about it. Six months ago, the three had foreseen a future that could not be allowed to pass. The mystics saw. Verowin acted. The Empire and Republic refused to heed the warnings not to venture into the Nightmare Lands, but the Sith Emperor himself tried to use its power. Selmakor, a dark entity born from Gormak hatred of the Voss, a situation caused by Jedi meddling in affairs that were not theirs to meddle. The creator of the Nightmare Lands had briefly imprisoned the Sith Emperor. The Sith Emperor escaped and turned Selmakor's power against him. When the Emperor was killed, some of that power returned to the Dark Heart. Selmakor manifested again after the Emperor's death, but Verwin and his young mystics anticipated it, were ready for it, and imprisoned the entity. Further guided by their vision, Verowin sent a Voss Commando strike team to capture any Sith Lords or Jedi that lingered in the Nightmare Lands, studying Voss knowledge for their own selfish aims. Once captured, Verowin and his young mystics ripped not only knowledge, but the very Force itself out of those Sith and Jedi and contained its power in a sphere that now levitated over the pit where Selmakor was imprisoned. Knowledge of the Sith Emperor's past and how he had gained immortality had shown Verowin the way. They waited now only for the anniversary of his destruction of Nathema. When that time came, the ritual would begin in earnest and the Force would be destroyed. The Outsiders, a threat to Voss, no more. Vorowin, we have found the Outsiders. Voss Commando Squad Leader Koth Tool ran into the room. Yes? Our scouts saw them heading into the Gormak lands. The Gormak were an abomination on Voss soil. Now that the Outsiders have been driven off-world because of their own primitive, warlike nature, the Voss could concentrate on removing the Gormak once and for all. Lead your forces to attack. Bring the Outsiders to me alive. Yes, Varowin. The commando quickly ran off to do his job. Varowin smiled and looked back at the sphere. A 
Hagen, Legacy fans. So listen, before we jump into that promo, myself, my wonderful fiance Hannah, wants you to know that after Legacy, we intend to create more audio dramas. So if you love the storytelling style of Legacy and you want to learn more about our shows, you want to support us and get cool shit because everybody loves cool shit, go to talesoftheforgotten.com or just click the link down in the description. And now, for all you horror fans out there, our next audio drama set to release mid-October, entitled Don't Look. Here's a teaser. I watched him sleeping. I could see his side profile. I wondered if he would scream. If he'd try and use his strength to subdue me, I wondered what the look in his eyes would be when everything he tried failed. Definitely wrong. My bedside lamp wasn't that bright, but my room wasn't that big either. I could see there was nobody in here, but as my eyes darted around the familiar layout, I didn't feel like I was alone. I pulled out the gun I kept in my bedside table pulled it quickly from its holster. I could hear my heart quickening. I took a deep breath, or tried. Maybe this was just an anxiety thing. I mean, the whole world was so fucked up lately. Everyone's mental health was in the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. That had to be it. As soon as my feet touched the floor, I realized I should have looked under the bed first. Fuck. What if something grabbed me? I dropped to the ground, my breath coming out harder than I would have liked. Suddenly terrified something was going to be staring back at me. There was nothing. Just dust. That stupid sock I'd been looking for. Fuck it. I reached my hand under the bed to grab it. I froze when I heard it. I'd... I just heard something, right? I abandoned the sock, sitting up on my knees, hands wrapped around the familiar grip of my gun. I wasn't a cop, but I knew how to shoot. I practiced regularly. I could protect myself. Of course I could. Who's there? I realized only after how stupid it was to call like that. I hated when people did that in horror movies, so why had I just done it? If someone was there, what did I think they're going to do? Answer? Hi, David. It's me, the intruder in your house, here to kill you. Stupid. I was on my feet, my back hitting the closet doors next to my bed. My hands started shaking. What the fuck was that? Was it a dog? 
Had a wild dog or something gotten into my apartment? Stop fucking around! I was becoming panicked. This wasn't good. My cell phone was on the nightstand. I could grab it. Yeah, yeah, I I'd grab it and run through the house while calling 911. Fuck! The lights went out, but the AC was still on. I could feel the cold air blasting me, but my bedside light, it was, it just, like it was swallowed into darkness or something. Not good. I grabbed my cell phone off the nightstand, yanking it free of the charging cable. I almost dropped it, my hand was shaking so badly. I swiped. It was locked. My lock was a pattern. I tried it once, fucked it up. Stay away from me! Just stay away! Fuck! Fuck! Come on! Yes, yes, finally! I dialed 911. No signal. What the fuck do you mean, no signal? I had to get out of here. I didn't even know where this thing was. And I knew it was a thing. I just knew it, okay? I didn't know where it was. I just... Run. Fuck. Fuck. Just run. I dropped the phone, kept the gun, and was right at the bedroom door when... No! No! I grabbed the doorknob with one hand, yanking. Yanking. It wouldn't budge. It wouldn't. Let me out! Let me out right now! Whoever's doing this, I will kill you, man! Let me out! Let me out! Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Slowly, I looked up. I wish I hadn't. Don't look up, okay? Don't look up. Because when you look up, it gets inside you. And it rips you apart from the inside out. And then you see. You see what it is. It's you. I hope you've enjoyed listening to Legacy. Please remember to subscribe, drop us a review, and share this story with your friends. I also encourage you to come hang out with us. We've got a Discord server and soon we'll have a Facebook group. To join the Discord, click the link down in the description or go to dsc.gg backslash crystalsimagination. You can also join us Tuesday evening, 7 Eastern, 6 Central for the Legacy After Show, where I talk with the cast about the episodes and related topics. We do those on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash crystalsimagination, or just click the link down in the description. Episode 18 features voice performances by Tara, Rob Patrick, Sharon Thorndike, Crystal Storm, Steve Rudd, Bander, Shelly MacArlene, Kathy Beal, Ken Turner, Bunbarian, Joe Moyer, Nikki G, Matthew Dawson, and Gerald Hill. Sound work done by Hannah Cardiac and Crystal Storm. To view the full cast list, get your PDF copy of Legacy, and learn more about Crystal's sci-fi novels and other upcoming fiction podcasts, go to crystalsimagination.com. Legacy's theme song is composed by Daniel Cherlitza, titled Star Wars Dark Side Themes Reimagined. Additional amazing music tracks contributed to this episode, so please read the description for full credits and links to each track. 
Legacy is a work of fan fiction created inside the Star Wars The Old Republic universe. It is written, directed, and produced by Crystal Storm. The Daklin family are original characters created by Crystal. A big thank you to BioWare, LucasArts, and Disney for providing such a rich world to create in.